This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Districts 5 and 6, week in, week out, breaking it down with you. I'm Brandon Bainey, but the guy you really want to hear from is our East Idaho expert, Sean Kane. Sean, what's up? Hey, not too much. Uh, just just trucking along on a Wednesday, you know, <laughs> got a yes. little rain. It's not so hot. I think someone is drinking a pumpkin spice latte somewhere, you know? <laughs> yes. So again, little background, Sean and I both live in Pocatello. We actually live probably like three minutes away from each other. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, we record this at our separate abodes. Um, yeah. You mentioned it's been raining. There was a small window today where it was like the sun was shining. So like, I just got done mowing the grass because oh, yeah. Because we got rain for like the next, what, five, six days or something? Yep, and the garbage comes Friday, so yeah, we got to get on it. That's right. So <laughs> I had to I had to hustle out there and uh, get get the grass mode before we did this uh, podcast. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, the 14th of September. You'll see it on Thursday morning, September 15th. And again, a couple of ways to consume this podcast, audio only, at idahosports.com. Across the top of the homepage, you'll see a tab called PrepCasts. From there, there's a drop-down menu with all of our podcasts. You click on whichever one you want to listen to, and you can play it there. You can also download the podcast wherever you download your podcasts, Google, Spotify, Apple, etc. Video version as well at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel and Facebook page. I always feel like um, we're like... Uh, diametrically opposed with our setup here because my you know where i'm broadcasting from i've got a white wall behind me it's very bright i'm good sean's always broadcasting in a in a darkly lit room you're like evil incarnate (laughs) hey you know you just you know it's the command center what can i say i've got nice lighting though i mean i've got some lighting then there's just all my kids stuff's in the background we really don't want to see it so it's, it's easier than cleaning it up turn off the light that's right. Turn off the light and it goes away. Um, did, did you ever watch the TV show Lost, Sean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I got I got lost in it. <laughs> I feel like, uh, did you make it to the last season? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I watched it, yep. I feel like uh, I'm Jacob and you're the man in black because it's always the imagery with good versus evil and black I mean, and white. And... I would say 99% of the time I have a black century polo on at work like it, it's like clockwork there's a few purple in there whatever some gray you know but i'd say 90 percent. i have like 13 black polos so <laughs> that's <laughs> right uh, nice thing about the football coaches and different teams is we like we kind of hook each other up and uh you know big shout out ryan ryan frost the century boys basketball coach always uh hooks me up with some really good stuff so i gotta shout him out um and sometimes i hook him up you, you never know that's right uh so again friendly reminder sean is a teacher at century high in pocatello also the tennis coach um and that makes you a perfect uh, expert to uh really tap into that coach's mentality because you talk to a lot of coaches and athletic directors at at various schools all throughout east idaho so whether i want to or not no i'm just joking (laughs) (laughs) right they're they're all great actually so it's it's a lot of fun yeah Definitely. All right. Well, let's let's dive into it. Um, we had a lot of uh, interesting football games last week. Um, I think the biggest story probably was the Berger Bowl. Now, we we used to have, uh, do you remember the Sean in East Idaho? We used to have the Buck Bowl where it was. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Stan Buck was the coach at Blackfoot for a really long time, and then his brother Mitch Buck coached at Madison forever, so the brothers would always face off in the Buck Bowl. Well, they both have retired, so now we've got, for the first time, the Berger Bowl. Scott, of course, a longtime head coach at Skyline, pretty darn good. His son, Michael Berger, entering his first year as Thunder Ridge's head coach, and so we had father versus son on Friday night. It was actually a, a pretty competitive ball game. Skyline wins it 34 to 27. Father gets the best of son. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a very competitive game. You know, I kind of in the back of my mind, I just didn't see it being as competitive as it was. And I had a chance to talk to one of the Thunder Ridge coaches. He used to be at Century and he's up at Thunder Ridge now. And he said that it was probably the best the team had played. You know, offensively, they they put up their most output. They were Their goal this year was to get like 300 total yards. They got... 140 on the ground and 170 through the air so they they met some of their goals and they really thought the offensive line played well but like every team in southeast idaho or in idaho is going to find out skyline has a pretty good receiver um that can be the difference maker in those close games and it sounded like sadiq um was that difference maker making some plays on third down and just coming up with some huge catches yeah, Kenyon Sadiq finishes with seven uh, seven catches for 122 yards, two touchdowns. We we think of Kenyon Sadiq in the home run threat that he is, right? Because they love to they love to tee it up for him on the deep shot. But he is also such a physical receiver, kind of like a Terrell Owens back in the day, where he can run a 10 to 12 yard dig and out muscle the defender and get position and and move the chains that way. And so, he, how do you defend him? There's there's no right way that I guess the answer is try and keep that skyline offense off the field. Yeah, yeah. And that's in fact that's what they said. They said, you know, he, he has those big numbers, but probably what you won't see in the papers or you know, whatever is that he got a he got a bunch of crucial third downs that um, you know, were potential stops and maybe would have changed the face of that game and kept that skyline offense rolling, which if you if you give them time, they're they're gonna put up points as they have all year. Definitely. And then Thunder Ridge, uh, they were led by Carter Coplin. He rushed for 133 yards and a touchdown. And then at the end of the game, very scary moment where Porter Brzee, who's a great uh, multi-sport athlete at Thunder Ridge, um, you know, got knocked down and and was down on the field for, for some time. Um, I think, I believe the game was delayed 20 to 25 minutes, something He's, like that. As far as I know, he was carted off, I believe yeah. to like an ambulance, but from my understanding, it's a concussion, and and he's he's okay, and he he should be back. So for how long it was, I, I think it, the end result is not as bad as that. You know, any any time that it seems like hours when you're waiting, right? Just hours for that player. You want that player to get up so bad. Yeah, and so certainly we're we're thinking about him um, because concussions affect everybody differently. Some some athletes are back right away. Some, um, you know, like uh, our boss Paul Kingsbury. His son, Will, played football last year, got a concussion in the first game of the year, and he really wasn't right the rest of the school year. It, it took him, he, he did a, a combo of at-home learning and in-school learning because he just couldn't, the bright lights and all the noises, oh. and it, it took him a really long time to recover from that. So we're certainly thinking of Porter and you know his family at this time. Certainly. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Skyline moves to two and one on the year. You know, outside of that Stansbury game, they've got back to back wins over Highland and Thunder Ridge, two five eight teams and, and looking strong. Um, and they're going to be playing 
Blackfoot pretty soon. Blackfoot's the other team that's really kind of, you know, off to a good start. They're 3-0, and and right now Blackfoot is ranked higher. And Not that the polls mean much, and I, I forgot to vote this week, so I can't comment too much on the media <laughs> poll, but um, yeah, Blackfoot is ahead of Skyline now in those polls. Not that that means a ton, but I, I think the Grizzlies are still the team to beat in, in the 4A ranks in the high country conference. Yeah. And, you know, obviously since they're in the same conference, they're going to get a chance. We'll get a chance to see who is the best, at least as far as the regular season goes. And definitely both. I would, I would almost, you know, earmark it as playoff teams. So that should be a fun battle. Definitely. And friendly reminder, Blackfoot did win the regular season matchup last year. And because of that, got a top five seed into the playoffs. They will play on October 7th in Blackfoot. So we got a couple of weeks to go, but uh, it's one we're keeping an eye on for sure. Um, let's let's talk about uh, the other team that Skyline has beaten this year, Highland. This was a game that was on IdahoSports.com last Friday night. Highland took on Century in the first crosstown game of the year, um, twenty-eight to nothing. Highland wins, but you know Century hung tough. You know it was. Uh, I think a two-score game at halftime, and it was only a one-score. Yeah, they, one. Yeah. They had held um, Highland to just one score, and they had their defensive coach told me they ran like a hundred and something defensive plays, and uh, they the defense, you know, the score is not going to be vindictive of it, but the the defense played really well. The offense just couldn't really get anything going, and then in the matter of like punting and getting a touchdown, and then they I, I, or the punt got ran back for a touchdown. And then Highland scored again. So Highland scored like three times really, really quickly. That was kind of the game in the third quarter. Yeah, Kai Callen uh, returned a punt for a touchdown. Uh, I did Highland's game at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, and he had a pick six. I mean, he's just a dynamic athlete when the ball is in his hands. And he's he's been having to play on offense a little bit, and it wasn't something they were necessarily expecting going into the season. But Jackson Riddle, who was uh, going to be the, the lead running back, uh, suffered a, a shoulder or collarbone. I can't remember now. I better find out because we're broadcasting their game on Friday. But uh, he had an injury that ke- has kept him out. And so they've they've had to have a couple of defensive players moonlight at running back, Kai Callen and, and Mason Fulmer in the early going. So, Yeah, it was good. And uh, Drew Hymas had a really good game. He went 16 for 25, 147 yards and two DDs and one rushing. So um, he had, he, that's a really good offensive output for him. And um, get Highland back in that uh, that winning, the winning side of things, moving to one and two, and Century going zero to three. Yeah, and for Century though, um, it, we we knew this was going to be a tough year for them, rebuilding a little bit, um, just trying to reestablish a program. Uh, second different coach in as many years, Coach Fleischman there now, and um, th- this was a good moral victory, I thought, for Century that they played Highland so tough. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the I mean, if you can hold Highland to seven points for a half, I think any coach um, it would be pretty excited about that. So, uh, yeah, good for them and 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 moving forward as far as the program for sure. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the game we were at, John. You and I were on the call for Pocatello hosting Twin Falls. It was the first game ever at Lookout Field, the uh, beautiful new facility at Hawthorne Middle School that is Pocatello's own. And so they decided that for the first time, you know, we have a home facility. Let's have homecoming right out of the gate. And so the very first game in, in Lookout Field history was also homecoming. It was also a nice, tidy 27 to 7 victory. Yeah, it was 
it was it was amazing and i and we mentioned it a lot in the broadcast but the the pokey student body was just to the right of us you know not more than 10 feet away and man they were there they were there before us <laughs> the the yes. kids were there before us um and they were probably there well after us but uh they were super excited and uh, what a great experience for the the student body to have their own home field o on the game side of things i mean we can talk about the how well the offense did but when i went back and thought about this game i just kind of thought about how great uh Pocatel's defense was they kept twin falls scoreless for three quarters twin falls scored just on the opening their opening possession and, and then that was it the pokey defense was fast and rel relentless um and that was that was pretty big yeah, I was really impressed with Pocatello's ability to uh, rush the passer. Uh, the linebackers played extremely well. And and you mentioned it. They're, the way we kind of described Pocatello's defense was fast and fearless. They they fly yeah. around to the ball, and they are very good at tackling. They're very fundamentally sound. And so you're right. Um, offensively, Reichen Echohawk was the story. Uh, he was our IdahoSports.com player of the game. 17 carries, 156 yards, two touchdowns, and that was with him pretty much on the bench in the fourth quarter. Um, so we'll we'll wait and see. I'm sure he'll be fine to play on Friday. They were kind of doing the concussion test with yeah. him at the, at the end of the game. Um, but he's such a dynamic player, and and, and we, we've been waiting for it, right? The Pocatello at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, that was another game I covered for Pocatello. He just, they bought, he was bottled up, and it wasn't the Reichen Echo Hawk that we're used to seeing. And I was like, well, you know, he's going to have to adjust because defenses aren't going to let him beat him anymore. They're kind of keyed in on him. And and we finally saw, at least I saw in person, the Reichen Echo Hawk I know, which is, okay, I don't care if there's a guy there as soon as I get the handoff. I'm going to juke him out or beat him to the edge anyways. Yeah, there's, I mean, a handful of times where it could have been tackles for a loss and he was able to get, get away from that initial contact. I also thought the addition of um, Beckles running to kind of a, you know, thunder, thunder, <laughs> um, or thunder and like a lot more thunder with him, um, was a nice compliment too. It really kept the defense on the toes. And, uh, so I think that that will be kind of big for, uh, Pocatal having both those running backs able to kind of go out there and do a couple of different things and give the defenses different looks. Yeah, we talked about on the broadcast that Tyson Beckles can kind of be like a closer in baseball where yeah. in, in, in the fourth quarter, he's a big bruiser and you got the lead, just pound it with Beckles and you're probably going to walk out of there with a win. So. Yeah, so I like that. And and of course, I think they can throw the ball obviously really well too. They've got a bunch of weapons and, um, you know, and not just credit Twin Falls. Twin Falls defense had uh, three or two interceptions and their defense was pr pretty solid too. They just, a couple things didn't go, you know, their way. And that game could have been a totally different score, but you could see once uh, Pocatello got uh, Twin Falls one dimensional and having to throw the ball, it was very difficult for Twin Falls to really get the offense rolling. Yeah. And Twin Falls is missing their most dynamic athlete, Wyatt Salaza ball. Um, but you, I mean, you still, if you're a 4A school, you should have enough playmakers to overcome that. And Twin Falls just wasn't able to. So now we get ready for, this Friday night on IdahoSports.com, Sean, uh, you and I and Joel Richardson will be on the call. It's going to be the Black and Blue Bowl. It's going to be Pocatello at Highland at Iron Horse Stadium. It's going to be a great time. Oh, yeah. I You know, everyone's um, fired up. And, you, you know, as, as a Pocatello graduate, you're always kind of like, is this the year we finally kind of can come in and, and make it more of a game? And you know, last night or last Friday, I feel like uh, it, it could be a pretty, pretty competitive game or at least 
one of the more competitive black and blue bulls we've had in recent years for sure. So they have Highlands won 11 black and blue bowls in a row. And so I was trying to do the math on when the last year Pocatello would have won. So 2021 minus 11 is what? 99. No, 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 no. That's 20. It'd be oh, two, 11. Two, two, 2009, I think. So either, either way, Highlands won 11 in a row. They're the 5A school. They're expected to win. But I'm telling you, Pocatello, the way I saw that defense flying around, I mean, this could be, you know, you look at all the weapons, right? And you go, yeah, Hymas versus Drake and Treras at quarterback. And, you know, Highlands receivers um, versus Pocatello's receivers in the running games. And I think this could be a defensive type of game. Both defenses are so good. Yeah, and the, and then the one thing the Century coaches kind of mentioned too is is Highland just by the end of the game and Century doesn't have the depth and I think that could play an important role. I mean, Pocatello seem to have a lot of depth, um, but I I doubt they have as men, a much depth as maybe a Highland defense, and so it could come down to who's kind of got some gas left in the tank towards the end of that game. Yeah, sixty sixth black and blue bowl. Of all time, though, that's pretty exciting stuff for sure. That's more of the black side, right? Sixty-six. That's more of the black side of the the broadcaster. <laughs> You're right. Yes, definitely. Um, so, what else is on tap this weekend on the uh, IdahoSports.com game streams? We're gonna have four East Idaho games. We're gonna have uh, obviously our uh, Pocatello Highland showdown. That's gonna be Gate City game night presented by Lookout Credit Union. Also, Century hosting Minico. Uh, on another edition of Gate City Game Night, uh, Minico three and one, looking pretty good. That's going to be a tough one for Century. And then we've got two games a, a little further north, uh, up in District Six, on East Idaho Game Night. Shelley is hosting Blackfoot, and then also from Ravston Stadium, we've got Hillcrest taking on Skyline. So you know, for your five A four A appetite, we got you pretty well covered. Yeah, there's not that's not a bad game. I don't think really on that schedule, man. You've you're just going to click and get a good one. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> even Hillcrest, you know, Blackfoot only beat them. They're looking a lot better. Yeah, 21 to 0, 21 6, whatever it was. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, I mean, Hillcrest has really made some strides. It was 21 to 6. And and that was another game kind of like the Highland Century one. Blackfoot only led 7 nothing at halftime. So, you know, kudos to Hillcrest for for showing up as well. Um, very impressive to see. Let's let's drop down to the 2A level where <laughs> Uh, I mean, this could be our lead story every week. I try to mix it up a little bit, but man, West Side, they just keep winning. They just, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me. They're, they're now up to uh, 35 wins in a row. It's by far the longest streak in Idaho. And this time they beat a 3A school, Marsh Valley, 46 to 20. Now, this was the most points they've given up in some time. You know, we're not used to seeing Westside allow 20 points, but, you know, Marsh Valley also, I think, has some dynamic playmakers. Yeah, Marsh Valley is going to be, I think, a very strong team this year. And, um, you know, and, and you know, I don't know the total outcome of that game, but, I, you know, kind of once Westside gets up to a certain points, they really start filtering people in. But, you know, that's, you know, at some point, someone's got to score points against them is what I'm thinking, but... <laughs> Yeah, good. And the only thing, and then I was looking up what other places have like 35 game win streaks. And I, the only other one I found was Clemson won its 35th home game in college football last week. So they have the nation's longest winning streak and 
um, a woman a tennis player who just won the U.S. Open, Schwantek from Poland. She won 37 matches in a row this year at some point, so that was pretty big too. But I mean, um, but, there, but <laughs> there's not a lot of 35. There's not a lot of 30s. So um, yeah. Wow. And, I, and I know, and I know, if you you know talk to their uh, West Side's coach, they they would they don't want to hear anything about it. But congrats to them, and that's just. It might be one of the biggest win streaks, that, you know, in the Northwest that that I that I could find. I couldn't really find anything that was bigger than that. So, yeah, and of course, the record in Idaho is uh, fifty four, set by Snake River back in. Uh, you know, they've got a ways to go. They got a couple years to go to get to that. Um, and at some point, this streak will come to an end. But for now, I say let's just enjoy the ride because it's been yep. it's been a pretty fun one so far. So, um, I believe. Westside has the week off. They've got to buy. Let me double check that um, just to make sure. Um, but the, I mean, it's really shaping up to be a showdown between Westside and and Bear Lake. And um, yes, Westside has a buy this week, and then they will play at Bear Lake the following Friday, September twenty third. We'll talk about Bear Lake in just a second. Last thing on Marsh Valley, they're zero and three. Uh, they lost to Teton two weeks ago, 41 to 40, 42, 41. It was a big shootout and they lost at the end. Teton very quietly three and oh, I've been catching a lot of flack from Teton fans. Hey, how come you never talk about the Teton Timberwolves? They're three and oh, and they've got three pretty impressive wins. They, they beat Jackson hole, Wyoming, which is like a four, a school. They're like Pocatello size. And so that is uh, their new coach, David Joyce. Um, used to coach at Jackson Hole in Wyoming. Took them to back-to-back Wyoming oh, yeah, for that's a right. championship game. So he beat his former school, Jackson Hole, pretty convincingly. And then they had the the one-point win over Marsh Valley, 41-40. to And then they beat West Jefferson at 2A school last week, 56-14. to So Teton fans, yeah, your team is looking really good. Um, probably going to go to 4 and oh, They're going to play Salmon this Friday. Um, American Falls on the 23rd. That's going to be a win. Really, you know, they're going to go into this matchup with Snake River on Friday, September 30th. That's in two weeks. They're they're going to go into that matchup probably five and zero. Oh. Yeah, I yeah I would agree. And you know, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but man, just that Sugarless Salem game at the end of the season could be end up be quite the matchup. At the well, end of the year. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Teton is three and zero. Oh. South Fremont is four and zero, and Sugar is four and zero. So <laughs> nobody's <it's>, lost yet. <laughs> it's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet there towards the end, isn't it? Yes, and so you know, for Teton, good luck. Um, I believe that league, you, you know, so it's going to come down to the conference champ will automatically get in, and then I think it's all um, determined from Max Prep's rankings beyond that. Um, with the caveat that there are certain bids that are allowed per district so you get seated based on max preps but in terms of the actual bracket it's all predetermined and so if i look at the 3a bracket how many teams get to go from district six typically it is two but let me look here this year it is going to be two but there are three at large bids as well so all three teams have a really good shot at making the playoffs yeah, that's um, those are those are teams that'll be at the end of the playoffs too. I think is what you'll you'll come to find out. <laughs> yes, uh, Sugar obviously has the history. South Fremont was a Final Four team two years ago, and for Teton, it's really exciting for the people up there in in Driggs. So you know, good on Teton, and um, I will do better at uh, and you know highlighting Teton and 
again, I think they've got a real good chance to be five and out going into that game with uh, Snake River. All right, back to the two A's. West Side wins Bear Lake. And again, Bear Lake was the in in our preseason coaches poll, they were the favorite to win the Southeast Idaho Conference, not West Side. It was Bear Lake. And so because of that, when I've voted in the media poll, I've had Bear Lake in my top five all season long. And the Bears are basically a two point conversion away from from a three and out start. They lost to North Fremont in the season opener, 24, 22. They then shut out Lyman, which is a perennial power in Wyoming, 28-0. And then they beat Firth last week, a, a team that's been in the last two 2A championship games. They beat Firth 21-14. to This is a really good Bear Lake team. Yeah, th- this Bear Lake team uh, I think comes back pretty loaded with players too. Um, looking up their stats, they've got some great players. Their quarterback, Neil, Taysom Neal comes back. He had an amazing game um, for Bear Lake, 16 for 24 212 yards and three TDs. Um, and there's one other kid that I just can't think off the top of my head that he plays basketball too. And he's a really, really good player. Um, and you're, you're going to know it. <laughs> well, well, so, so they've got a ton. Let me, let me give you some names. They've got Brady Shaw. Brady Shaw is who I was thinking of. Yeah. He's like, he's the, he does everything, man. <laughs> he does. He's a great running back. They've got a really good wide receiver in Bryson Crane. He mm-hmm. played. He played a lot last year as a sophomore, and he plays basketball. Um, they've got Tyler Beersford, who I, I feel like. Him. I feel he's like been he's been there forever. Yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I, I feel like he's been there for seven years. Um, and and even you know Keaton Carlson, the um, uh, coach Carlson's son mm-hmm. on on the basketball team. You know he he plays a really good linebacker on defense. So I mean they've just got this group of tough nosed athletes that are, are really good. Um, and so. That Bear Lake West Side game in two weeks is going to be, you know, must see football. Oh yeah, it's that's going to be good. You know, it's it's uh, the last few years. It's always been, you know, can Bear Lake get over this hurdle of West Side? And um, you'd like to think with West Side graduating, you know, a lot of those guys that that would be the case. But man, you just can't put anything past the West Side team right now um, when it comes to football in Idaho. Yeah, it's been uh, Tyson Mo, uh, Parker Moser. Sorry, Tyson Moser's the coach. Yeah, yeah. His son is Parker. He's been the main running back. Easton Shirtliff has done a lot of good rushing as well. They still have Owen Nielsen at fullback. Uh, Eli Brown is the quarterback. He's Blaze Brown's little brother, and and all these guys play defense too. And um, again, that defense is so impressive. So that's kind of what we're keeping an eye on this week in football. Bear Lake's got a very interesting non-conference game at Wendell. Wendell is three and one, and they've got. Uh, John Helmendaller coaching them. He's a really great coach. Um, I remember he was the coach at Columbia before Wendell. Um, and my first year in Pocatello calling games, Columbia came over uh, and, and upset Century in the first round of the playoffs. Century was the top five team, and Columbia came and shocked them uh, with the coaching of Coach Helmendaller. So anyways, long story short, Bear Lake's going to have a tough game coming up this Friday. Um, let's shift to volleyball now. Let's head into the gym. This past weekend was the annual Triple Threat Showcase, which uh, is kind of a co co event between I think Hillcrest and Thunder Ridge. They kind of help help each other out with it, right? Yeah, and it, it was at Thunder this year, and and I could be wrong, but it might might be one of those that switches every year. Yeah, I know it falls as a couple of tournaments where one year it's at the school and the other year it's at the school. I could be wrong, but yeah, you know, I I uh, I. I got a message from Thunder Ridge's coach and she said they had 18 teams come in, but two dropped out. And so they had 
all these great teams um, from around the area, a couple of Boise schools, Mountain View in Hawaii. Um, and, you know, Thunder Ridge ends up playing another Southeast Idaho team in the championship bracket, Rigby, and Thunder Ridge wins. So it was a, it was a really great weekend for Thunder Ridge um, ladies volleyball. And uh, just that's a big win, you know, in beating your conference uh, opponent, which you'll probably see it maybe in a championship situation later on in districts. So, yeah, just a lot of good teams. Wood River was there. Um, and you also had like Firth and Ryrie and Snake River. And, and then, of course, the Idaho Falls schools and uh, Century was there as well. So and uh, Twin Falls, who is always usually a, a good for a powerhouse of volleyball, was there as well. So really good tournament. And they're really happy with how it went. And uh, congrats to Thunder Ridge ladies. Yeah, so Thunder Ridge beats Rigby in the championship, and you go, wow, those two teams are going to be pretty good in their conference. But look at how loaded this conference is. The other two teams are no slouches either. Highland is 6-1. and one. They just beat Rigby last night 3-1. to one. And let's not forget, Madison was a final three team at state last year at the 5A ranks, and they're kind of the favorite in this whole thing. So that, that league is going to be knock them down, drag them out. It's, it's one of those leagues where winning – the regular season is going to make a big difference because I think how you get seated in that tournament in that district tournament will make, could make or break you, you know, you could. And then, and then the other thing you see in volleyball a lot of times too, is teams get hot because if you win and then lose, you're playing more and you might just be like, either it might go really well or it could go really bad, really quick. I've seen that in volleyball where they get hot and just the team you didn't think was going to win takes it. And then I've seen teams that were supposed to win go like, two and out and you're just you can't even believe it so um i think that regular season will play such an important role for that district tournament definitely i forgot about madison i don't know how i forgot about madison they're like the top volleyball team one in 5a and i'm like and they're in the same conference yeah that's a where are all they getting all these volleyball kids and you know idaho falls is always like all those schools are always good in volleyball so there's a lot of kids playing volleyball in that northeastern part of idaho Yes, a uh, lot of good coaching uh, as well, and and a team a team you didn't mention there, Bonneville. Uh, the Bonneville Bees are always a, a perennial yep. 4A power. They get ready for the annual Bonneville Classic this weekend. That's going to be another great weekend of volleyball up up in Idaho Falls. So. Yeah, yep, and they're yeah, like I said, they're always good, and yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> we so we might we might come back with a report on the Bonneville Classic on next week's edition of the Prepcast. Before we get out of here, I did want to mention cross country. It was the annual Tiger Grizz invite. Um, we again had the broadcast on IdahoSports.com on Friday. Um, no surprises on the girls' side. Uh, Neela Roberts from Skyline. She wins every race that she competes in. Basically, uh, she was your individual winner in terms of the team race. I thought this was really encouraging. Preston. Um, they won the Cardinal Classic at Soda Springs two weeks ago. They only lost by two points to Rocky Mountain, a really solid 5A program. Rocky scored 71 in the team race for the girls, but Preston was right there at 73. I think Preston clearly the 4A champion favorite in girls cross country. Yeah, that's in fact, that's what I was going to talk about. That was the thing that popped out to me is most is not only how close they were to Rocky, but kind of how far Skyline was behind them. Have And Skyline's got some, you know, obviously some great runners. So Preston just must have a really deep team all running really well. And uh, yeah, that's that's something to look out for as the season goes on um, to, to beat your other uh, classifications by that much. So yeah, and then Idaho Falls uh, boys did a nice job coming in in uh, second in the boys category too. And, and again, Pocatello was 
was fourth. So some some teams making some strides there in the cross country ways. Yeah, so if you look at the team race uh, on the girls' side, Preston 2, Skyline 3, Thunder Ridge 4, Idaho Falls 5. Those are your East Idaho. And then on the boys' side, Idaho Falls took second. Skyline was third. Pocatello was fourth. You know, Rocky Mountain ran away with it. They scored 30 points. That's like unheard of in cross country. So low. (laughs) It's an absurdly low score. You know, I talked to the individual champ. He was from from Rocky Mountain afterwards. And, you know, I said, what kind of goals have you guys set? And he goes, you know, honestly – we, we want to win state, certainly, he said, but we want to qualify for nationals, and we, we want to go compete at nationals, and they've got a really good shot at that. Um, so when you're Idaho Falls and you finish second with 64 points to, to Rocky Mountains 30, you got to be feeling pretty good. And Idaho Falls, let's not forget, is the defending 5A boys champion. The only problem is, is they're not in 5A anymore. They dropped down to 4A. So Well, it's not a problem, I guess, because they don't have to race against Rocky Mountain, right? <laughs> well, it's it's a problem. It's a problem for everybody else. In oh, yeah, 4A. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If someone's happy, someone's not. But that's that's high school sports, right? There's never you can't make everyone happy. But yeah, that's good. Idaho Falls uh, boys cross country would have to be one of the favorites probably in in for 4A period. Yes, I, I agree. And East Idaho always cleans house at cross country. It seems like with the team titles. And um, I would be very surprised if that didn't happen again. North Fremont, the defending 2A champs on the boys' side. Uh, they had, you know, they they split up the heats. Basically, they, they ran 3A, 2A, 1A schools together. And then they had a separate heat of 5A, 4A. Everybody was competing against each other on the leaderboard. But because there were so many competitors, they had to split it into heats. And Corbin Johnston, a sophomore from North Fremont, won the smaller school heat uh, beat his bigger brother, Zach Johnston. So that was kind of a cool deal. There was a malfunction as he crossed the finish line. All the runners are chipped um, and that's how they get their times. Well, his chip, I don't know if it fell off. I don't know if it stopped working. He crossed the finish line and the software didn't have it. So they had to go look at the film, look at the video and confirm his time. And so it took a second, but congrats to Corbin Johnson from North Fremont. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Technology. Can't, can't win them all. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So um, we will have one more cross country broadcast coming up this year uh, in a couple weeks, Thursday, October 6th, the Bob Conley invite at the Portniff wellness complex in Pocatello Highland hosts that every year. It's a great event. So stay tuned for that. All right. Uh, Again, we got a lot of football on tap this week for you on idahosports.com. If you want to see what we're up to, just click the game streams tab on the homepage and, Otherwise, Sean, I think it's going to be another great week of competition here in East Idaho. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. You know, it's uh, it's it's getting it's getting time for all sports to kind of get into that conference play or rivalries. So uh, it's really fun to kind of kind of see those conferences and those different matches come up in all the sports: soccer, golf, volleyball, all that. And uh, before you know it, it'll be playoffs or district playoffs and all kinds of stuff so it comes quick and it's been moving it's moving fast yeah we're halfway through the soccer season and yet because there are so many you know three and four team conferences over here like everybody's still zero and zero in conference play or or like one and oh maybe but um but we are like halfway through the soccer season which is crazy to think about as well so yeah yeah uh, i know yeah um century played preston and soccer girls and boys and they got it they both boys and girls got a a 1-0 win so there's some conference wins there but but yeah when you only get to play a couple of them you know twice or whatever because there's only two other teams so 
Yeah, and then Bonneville girls have been playing well in soccer. Blackfoot and Idaho Falls just tied last night on the boys' side, 0-0. So, I mean, there's lots of good soccer. I mean, maybe we can break down soccer uh, next week on, on the show as well. So, and, and again, if there's something you want us to talk about, like, you know, the Teton fans said, hey, where's where's the love for Teton? You know, they le- they left a comment on, on our Facebook page, but you could f- feel free to send me an email. You know, my email is Brandon at idahosports.com if there's a team you don't think like we're, we're talking enough about or a player or somebody you want to shine the spotlight on let us know i mean that's how that's how we know i mean we're only two two guys right i can only yeah, there's so many there's so many great things going on we'd love to hear about them we're both on you know twitter too you can hit us up there or wherever and uh yeah we'd love to have those stories but it's hard to, it's hard to catch them all there's all the small schools and different places too that definitely we you know Everyone wants to give those schools more love when they can. For sure. So, um, yeah, again, just just hit us up uh, social media or send an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com, and we'll make sure your school, your team, your athlete is is getting the spotlight they deserve. So, all right, that'll do it for this edition of the East Idaho PrepCast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the games this weekend. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.